So you're an attorney and you've decided to go out on your own. Now what? You need a plan and you're not alone. Join expert host Adriana Linares and her distinguished guests on New Solo. Tune into the lively conversation as they share insights and information about how to successfully run your law firm here on Legal Talk Network. Hello and welcome to New Solo on Legal Talk Network. I'm Adriana Linares, a legal technology trainer and consultant. I help lawyers and law firms use technology better. This is a pretty special and cool episode because I'm in Vancouver at the ABA mid-year meetings and I ran into another Legal Talk Network guest, Joe Patrice. Hi, Joe. Hello. It's really cool that, you know, to do like a sort of host-to-host kind of little interview and talk about some interesting things that are happening for solos and new solos. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to sort of organically have some discussions about some things that we hope will help you through the rest of this year in getting your technology ready for having a good 2018, preparing for disasters, maybe thinking about travel, which is a couple of topics we sort of talked about randomly today. But before I go on and get to talking to Joe and thinking about some of these things, I want to make sure and thank our sponsors. Answer One is a leading virtual receptionist and answering service provider for lawyers. You can find out more by giving them a call at 800-ANSWER-1 or online at answerone.com. That's www.answerone.com. Of course, I want to thank Clio, one of our sponsors. They are cloud-based practice management software, making it easy to manage your law firm from intake to invoice. Try it for free at clio.com. And in case you've been living under a rock and haven't heard of Clio, that's spelled C-L-I-O.com. Of course, I want to make sure and thank our sponsors, Perfectit. Do you know about Perfectit, Joe? Um, I mean, I've heard of them. I oh, don't. Yeah. I actually use it, and I love it. It's one of my favorite tools. It's a legal-specific proofreading software that locates mistakes that neither spell check or the most eagle-eyed attorney can find. Try Perfectit free from IntelligentEditing.com, and they also have a new solo discount code that you can try for the next few days and get yourself a 10% discount there. Unbundled Attorney is a premium lead generation service that delivers exclusive leads directly into your inbox in real time. Looking to get more leads and grow your practice? Visit unbundledattorney.com today. So, Joe. Yes. After thanking our sponsors. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, because I wonder in this crossover episode of a host and a host, yeah. if maybe some of my listeners haven't heard about your podcast and they'd be interested in, in dialing in and subscribing. So what is your podcast about on Legal Talk Network? So our podcast is a little more unruly than most on the Legal Talk Network. Do you have a lot of beeps and bleeps in your podcast? Because no, I know you and Ellie, and I feel like there could be. There could be. Instead, we just have the explicit tag, which makes us proudly the only legal podcast with an explicit tag on iTunes. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, the, so Ellie, Mistal, and I are at Above the Law, uh, which is a website that I think a lot of people in the legal profession know of and read. And we have a podcast where we try to, we try generally to bring on people who are lawyers, but have other things going on, uh, broader focuses. And we kind of grill them on thinking like a lawyer. Uh, We talk about these other areas that they might be involved in, but how their brain, because they messed up and at some point went to law school, has <laughs> influenced the way in which they think about these other issues. So we've had TV writers, we've had video game attorneys, people who do different niches and how they kind of think through it. And that's usually what it is. But sometimes we just talk about Star Wars for a 30-minute episode. <laughs> so that will also happen occasionally. 
that's very varied in topics. So, it is. And the name of it is? Thinking Like a Lawyer. Thinking Like a Lawyer. So for everyone out there, please tune in and listen to Joe um, and Ellie talk about some very interesting and funny topics. They are hysterical. But if you don't like cuss words, maybe you shouldn't listen. But if Probably you don't not. like cuss words, like what do you listen to? <laughs> um, so I thought it'd be fun if Joe and I sort of talked about the issues that maybe are facing new solos. Or, I mean, I know the show is called New Solos, but I have a lot of non-solos. I have a lot of, quote, experienced solos, let's say, that listen to the episode and pick up a lot of tips and tricks because, I mean, I think most of this podcast is just about helping lawyers run a better, more efficient practice. And Above the Law has a special section for solo and small firms. Do you want to talk about that for just a second and point people in that direction? Well, we definitely do. Uh, we don't. It's not really a section as much as that we, yeah. we have that content and we do tag it. So you can go to the small law firms tag and uh, see all of our small firm content. And we put out a bunch. And we also have a small firm newsletter that collects all oh, of excellent. our small firm content every week that's curated by my colleague, Catherine Rubino. So what we talk about is, you know, doings in small law. And that will sometimes be technology-based. Sure. Uh, which obviously has a lot to do with this podcast. But also we'll have lawyers behaving badly stories. Uh, Who doesn't we, love a good salacious exactly. story? And that'll come up from time to time. Uh, we'll have stories about practice areas. So it, it, there's a lot of options for what comes up. But from tech to management of small firms yeah. to lawyers behaving badly, it's all there. Well, and I, again, encourage everyone to go and take a look because it is very good content. Your writers are very good. And I know that's not necessarily your specialty. Mm. But in talking and thinking about things that we can encourage lawyers to do before end of 2018, I thought that it would be fun if you and I talked about some of those things. But also, we travel a lot. Yeah, we're in Canada for the American Bar Association. Which is so weird. Which seems weird. Right. I was nervous coming across the border that they were going to ask why I was here. And right. I'd have to give the entirely dumb answer. I'm here for the American Bar. Right. Uh, yeah. And they're like, should you be on this side yeah. of the border? Because well, I was totally going to get arrested. But <laughs> I made it. So tell us a little bit about the type of technology that you use. Um, it's probably not that complicated, and I mm -hmm. think a lot of lawyers feel that. And you're you're a lawyer. Oh, yeah. Yes. For I am. I was a lawyer. Well, I am still a lawyer, but I was in active practice for 11 years. I was at Big Law, giant corporate New York firm for the first bit, and then I moved to a white-collar boutique because uh, I'd done a lot of white-collar litigation at the big firm. And then the natural step is to move to the kind of boutique where I took on more individual clients, whereas the my previous firm did more companies. Corporate. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So we would, you know, indeed, I actually worked with my old firm a lot. They would represent the company and they'd bring me into and the partners I worked with to do, you're going to represent the CFO, for instance. So did a lot of white collar defense, uh, but now I've been at Above the Law. So I use less legal technology, but sure. I write about legal tech for Above Law, so I see a lot of it. Sure. So what tech do I use? Yeah, uh, when you're traveling. So did yeah. you pack your bags, which I see right I did. behind you? I did. Uh, do you have a laptop in there? I have a Mac in there. Okay, a you're a Mac user? Pro. I am a, I'm a Mac user. I like, uh, I like the fact that it works uh, <laughs> without... <laughs> I, I, my move over was actually fairly controversial. I didn't want to. Let's but. talk about this. Yeah, okay. This is actually, so one of the biggest questions I get from lawyers all the time, maybe they've been Windows users for a long time. Yeah. And they'll say to me, my kid told me that a Mac is going to be easier and I won't get viruses as easily. Should yeah. I make the move? So is that what you were about to tell me, that your transition over was hard so, so my transition took a couple of weeks, but it was a big deal because I, I mm -hmm. actually started, I was 
techie as a kid. So I, I used MS-DOS machines and transitioned into Windows. I'm it familiar. was the thing. It was the, everybody did it. It's the corporate thing. I moved to the Mac, actually, because my iPhone, no, not an iPhone. Before that, I had an iPod, and it worked and never broke. Uh, and I was like, if I had a computer that did this, that would be amazing. So I got myself a Mac. Uh, it took a long time to learn that right-clicking doesn't exist. It does. I Take mean, it does, but it's not right. Yeah. Like you got to, yeah, exactly. I had to learn a right. new way of dealing. But once I did, it was great. Now, would I use that if I were an enterprise? I'm not sure. But as an individual, it was great. So I get the, this a lot. This is a big question. And I'd say 10 years ago, I would have said to a lawyer, look, first of all, you barely know how to use a Windows machine. So you're going to switch over to a Mac just because your kid said it was easier and it doesn't get as many viruses. Well, a Mac still requires a learning curve. Yep. So if you're a lawyer out there thinking about getting a Mac, here's what I have to say to you about it. You need to take the time. And oftentimes today when you buy a Mac, you can buy the training and the, and the package at the Apple store if you happen to be near one. And they show you how to transition the skills. And it's funny that you say the right click because that's the one I always get. Yeah. Um, how to transition what you know on a Windows, which unfortunately for a lot of people isn't a lot. So you take the few skills that you know how to use on a Windows machine and you need to you know, be able to do it on a Mac. So the right click is a funny thing because number one, the Mac doesn't come with an actual separate, I mean, if you buy an Apple mouse, which yeah. by the way, you can use any mouse. It doesn't, might not necessarily show that there's a right click button there, but certainly if you sort of click on the right side, it does a right click. And then the options in the menu that pop up might be different, but there is most certainly a right click. Yeah. The other thing I think that's hard is searching at first. You know, you're used to Windows Explorer and then you've got to figure out how Finder works. So that can be a little hard, but I would say that any attorney or any person who's thinking about making that switch, don't think for one second that you're just going to pop over there. And it's, it's not yeah. like getting in, you know, moving from a Toyota into a Ford where everything kind of looks like. It's basically like getting into a Tesla after having driven a Camry for many years. The steering wheel's there, but there are some nuances. Or, you know, the, the analogy I might go is motorcycle versus a car. It's okay. like, yeah, it moves, gas is involved. Sorry. Other things are very different. <laughs> um, it will still get you from place to place. And once you understand how it does it, you're going to be great. But that's going to be a difference. One of my favorite things about the Mac, so I joke around all the time that I'm bi. Okay. Bi tech. Fair, I mean, I, I assumed that was yep. the... <laughs> and I had to learn Macs about 10, like I said, about 10 years ago, because lawyers at that point really started asking me, and at the point, cloud technology or cloud-based mm -hmm. services weren't what they are today. So today, I can honestly look anyone in the eye and say, you can do everything you could on a PC, and I mean that from a practicing law perspective, yep. on a Mac. I have tons of clients, tons of law firms that are running Macs. The key is learn how to use it right. Yes, they crash. And unless you're living in New York City, yeah. where there's a 24-hour Apple store open that can... There's three of them. Three. Oh, really? <laughs> I think, yeah. Great. So if your Mac crashes at 2 o'clock in the morning while you're working on a brief that needs to be filed the next day, and you can run into a Mac store in the middle of the night, you know, be prepared for a crash because it's hardware like any other. But one of my favorite things about traveling with a Mac and... Until just recently, I've only traveled with a Mac, is that when you're on Wi-Fi on an airplane, you can get your text messages. Yeah. And I love text messaging. It's the way I communicate with the world. So I would say that that is a huge tip. If you're going to be a Mac user, know how to use it. Be prepared for backups. I mean, um, crashes. And 
if you like being connected, that's a huge bonus. Another weird side tip, I travel on Delta, mm-hmm. and I'm sure many airlines do this too, but Delta has recently introduced free text messaging on any of their Wi-Fi enabled planes, which is almost, I think, like 95% yeah. of their fleet. And you don't have to even pay for Wi-Fi in order to, at a minimum, be able to text message right. on your iPhone or your Android or whatever it is. Do you have any other good Mac tips or tricks for our listeners? I mean, the thing that always got me is uh, I actually have reached a point where I don't currently utilize Office, though they do have sure. Office 365 for Mac yeah. now. That is, a few years ago, their, their Microsoft's Mac offerings were always like slightly just not quite, but now they're, they've actually gotten to the point where they're pretty pretty on the ball. They're trying very hard to achieve platform parity. Yep. And we're so close. I think Word is, you know, Mm -hmm. one of the things that drives me crazy that you have to get a third party tool for if you're a Mac. One of the biggest productivity tips that comes on Windows is the clipboard. Yep. Where you can, you know, you'll have like 10 things that you've copied or pasted sort of stored. And then you can quickly grab those to use them in other, like you could have your cuts or copies sitting on a list in Word. You open up an email and Outlook, you show the clipboard and you've got all the clippings there. That's not built into Mac OS yet, yeah. but there are most certainly third-party tools that allow you to do that. So there are some weird little nuances that you get used to in Office on the Windows machine. Outlook, I could cry all day long about the things that Outlook on the Mac is missing. But <laughs> anyway, Office 365, let's end this segment with this, which is Office 365 is one of the greatest gifts that have ever been given to small businesses and especially law firms. And we have a whole episode that I did with Ben Shore on Office 365, if you just go back and look through the new solo archives, on um, the benefits of and how inexpensive it is. And we have clients that are solos all the way to some of the largest law firms that we service and or work with or just know of that are using Office 365. So before I go on, I'm gonna take a quick break to listen to some messages from some of our great sponsors and we'll be right back. Imagine what you could do with an extra eight hours per week. That's how much time legal professionals save with Clio, the world's leading practice management software. With intuitive time tracking, billing, and matter management, Clio streamlines everything you do to run your practice from intake to invoice. Try Clio for free and then get a 10% discount for your first six months when you sign up with the code NEWSOLO10. That's NEWSOLO10. And do that at Clio.com, C-L-I-O.com. Is your firm experiencing missed calls, empty voicemail boxes, and potential clients you'll never hear from again? Enter Answer One Virtual Receptionists. They're more than just an answering service. Answer One's available 24-7. They can even schedule appointments, respond to emails, integrate with Clio, and much more. Answer One helps make sure your clients have the experience they deserve. Give them a call at 1-800-ANSWER-1 or visit them at answerone.com forward slash podcast for a special offer. Welcome back to New Solo. I'm Adriana Linares, and with me today is Joe Patrice. Hey, Joe. Hello. Thanks for staying, sticking around. We were just briefly talking about traveling and how much we like our Macs. I wanted to say, as much as I like my Mac, I got an Office, excuse me, a Microsoft Surface tablet. Okay, I don't have one of those, and I have been considering. Do you have MV? I, I, I it, it, it looks pretty cool. They're great, and uh, 
I got one for Christmas and because I'm a techie and I just mm-hmm. like having every right. possible technology tool available. I'm still waiting for Elon to send me my flamethrower. But not that that's technology, but it's gadgety. Yeah. And if you like technology, you tend to like gadgets. So anyway, I got this Surface tablet. And again, a lot of what pushes me to want or get technology is what lawyers are asking me for. Adriana, how can I use a Surface tablet in my practice? I'm like, well, it's Windows. Like, how hard can it be? And th- this thing is really cool and amazing. And I recently helped a big firm attorney go from his cushy big firm where all the resources were there and he had a secretary and he had a paralegal and he had an IT guy to literally he had to sublet an office space from a friend because his firm had dissolved and went out on his own. And he said, what do I get? And he was a Mac user. Mm -hmm. And I said, listen, first of all, you're not a really good Mac user. So why don't you try a tablet? He said, why? And I said, well, there's a lot of cool things that you can do, which includes you know, like sort of being able to turn it sideways and take notes on it and not have the, one of the biggest issues I have from lawyers is that wall that a laptop can create between a client. Like, have you, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, no, I mean, I was, so I'm one of those people who, even though I'm, despite, you know, people can't see me, but I'm not actually old enough not to know how laptops work, but I was always a paper person. spring chicken in my eyes. I was always a paper person. Uh, when I would meet with clients, I would always have a notepad and a pen. I preferred that. And yeah, it added a little bit extra time for me to memorialize it digitally afterwards, but I always preferred that. And part of the reason was the wall. Part of it was I felt I retained better uh, that oh, way. Yeah. But, the, but I mean, that's because that I was a kid. Proven? Haven't they said if you take notes or write it down, like you remember stuff better, you process it better? There are studies that say that, though I have also heard counter studies that suggest that that might just be the tail end of my generation. That the next gen that is more used to only ever using tablets may prefer the tablet. But for me, as somebody who grew up with handwriting, we don't retain it as well if we don't write it. So I've always been a writer, but you're right. There is a wall, an artificiality to that screen that you don't get with a tablet. So that's definitely one of the benefits. And then if you have the right tools, being able to sign a document, you know, you just pick up your laptop, turn it sideways, grab your pen, which is $99 on top of whatever the Surface Pro costs, and signing it. And then, you know, either converting it to a PDF or sort of flattening that signature so it can't be easily lifted is a gift for lawyers. So now I'm a big Surface, well, I've always been a little bit better on a Microsoft machine anyway. Um, But I would say if a lawyer was out there looking for a good road warrior-like device. Your choices these days are any small Mac, uh, Windows tablet, and then of course the iPad. But I'll tell you, I'm not that efficient on an iPad. I don't, me neither. I, I, I like iPads, but I, but I don't find them a business tool. I agree. And I have a couple friends who do everything on an iPad, but you know what? They're not doing that much then. If you're a strict iPad user, you're reading emails, responding to emails, looking at documents, maybe marking them up. You are not doing, I think, heavy editing. You know, when I'm doing editing on a document, I require three screens. I've got research on the left. I've got the document I'm working on in the middle. And I've got another document or two or ten on the right-hand side. And there's a lot of information that's just moving between these screens. I think that's really hard to do on an iPad. But um, I love my iPad still. I just don't yeah. use it for heavy, heavy productivity work. Yeah, definitely. No, I, I, it, the Surface Pro tablets are clearly better for that sort of thing. I know somebody who you know, who uses one and put me through the paces of it. Let you touch it. it. Yeah. 
Exactly. Um, and it was... They're I was impressive. very impressed. Yeah. And the knock-on using tablets and stuff like that as opposed to full-on computers is always, well, where do I store all this? And that bring I mean, that's the thing. You, you adopt a cloud mentality. That's right. And then you don't need to worry about it. Imagine how much faster you could work if you spent less time proofreading. Almost every lawyer wastes hours each week proofreading rather than producing legal work. With Perfect It's American Legal Style, you spend less time proofreading and have more time to focus on substantive matters. It's easy to use and there's no training required. Try Perfect It for free from intelligentediting.com and start saving time on proofreading today. Are you a family law, immigration, or estate planning attorney looking to attract new leads and retain more clients? Join hundreds of other solos and small firms just like you who use Unbundled Attorney to receive premium, exclusive leads delivered directly into their inbox in real time. To learn more about how their lead generation services can grow your practice, subscribe to the Unbundled Attorney Mastermind Podcast or visit unbundledattorney.com today. You know, I can tell you a fascinating story. So the, the attorney that I mentioned a few minutes ago who went from a big firm and sort of was rushed into this solo practice and he said, what should I get? I said, look, why don't you try a tablet? Specifically a Windows Surface Pro. And I think they dropped the number now, but the newest one's the four, but they're all Windows Surface Pros. And he said, okay, which one do I get? When lawyers ask me, what do I ask for in a laptop or an iPhone? Actually, this is the same answer. You walk into the store that you're going to buy that device from and you say, I need the most expensive one you have. Yeah. It's a no-brainer. And they go, well, why? I said, because inevitably, if you don't do that, you will run out of space because of pictures or movies or in the case of a laptop, documents, especially if you're a litigation attorney, you've got a ton of documents that you happen to have to store on the hard drive, maybe for travel purposes or whatever. But I just tell everybody buy the most expensive one because even the most expensive one in the reality of what a business tool will cost you, you're probably not looking at more than $2,500, which is the cost of yeah. a decent Mac. Yeah, I, I would say the most expensive one and not necessarily... Not necessarily the room, but at a certain point, they stop, you know, supporting older things. That's true. And you want to be the thing that you're going to get the most support out of for the most amount of time. And the amazing thing about either platform today and almost any program is the regularity in which updates happen. Yep. So now, and this is one of the cool things, of course, about Office 365, when there's an update, it just happens. It happens. In the background. In the background. And the changes are not as shocking as they were when mm -hmm. an update would take 10 years. Yep. So, um, but back to your point about cloud-based. Mm -hmm. So this attorney, I said, walk into the Microsoft store in Miami, you buy the most expensive one, which he did. And I cannot believe this happened. So we got them all set up. It took me two days and it was fun. Clio, net documents, a little bit of OneDrive for the stuff he didn't need to put. We got him set up. I even showed this guy how to code his own merge documents because it was so easy through Clio. Anyway, so he goes on for like three weeks. His firm folded and he was a new solo on January 1st. So now we're talking, it's not even what, like February 3rd. Three weeks of having this Windows Surface Pro and loving this thing. And I showed him, we got him um, Acrobat DC. So you, he's paying about $100 a month in subscription services, which by the way, attorneys, that is what you should be paying for a practice management program, a decent document management system, Office 365, 
and a professional PDF manipulation tool, which I still like Acrobat, which is $15 a month. Anyway, this guy was flying. He calls me one night. He says, my Surface tablet just crashed. It's a rock. It's dead. And I thought, holy shit. Oh, my God. And I was afraid he was going to be freaking out because this is hard for lawyers to deal with. I said, well, I looked really quick. I said, the Microsoft store opens at nine, be there at nine, you know, either they will fix it or they're going to hand you a new pro, a Surface Pro, because you just bought it. Not even 30, literally not even 30 days ago. Anyway, he goes down there. They ended up reformatting the hard drive. Something, I won't mention it, QuickBooks, (laughs) desktop, (laughs) that his accountant made him get, (laughs) uh, crashed it and literally made the operating system inoperable. So anyway, they fix it. They basically hand him back his a brand new Surface tablet. Right. I didn't hear from him again, which was kind of weird, until the next day. And he said, well, I had to rebuild my whole laptop. It kind of took me the whole day only because he had a lot of settings. Right, and some, of course. But he said, I can't believe that all I had to do was log back into those programs. Yep. Make a couple of... there. Everything was there. And he was so happy. Of course, I knew that that's what's going to happen because I consider hardware dispensable and I when something crashes for me I just dump it and I pay $600 for a new you know all-in-one at Office Depot and I get started so I think the technology today is really pliable mobile I think lawyers are really ready to just easily and affordably take on the cloud and not have to worry about hardware issues don't fear the cloud that's Don't it. fear I mean, the cloud. Yeah. Is that an issue that you find a lot with your readers and the lawyers that you talk to? I thought it was disappearing more. People were starting to get more familiar with it, and largely because of Office 365. Sure, big deal. I think that kind of forced people to recognize that it's not that scary, that it's important to put your documents in another place where you can always access them but just by logging in, where, frankly, the lawyers are scared about cybersecurity. You know what? Microsoft's more prepared. Exactly then you're going to be. Totally got it. Yeah. And I think people are starting to get that message. Yeah. Obviously, there's a long way to go, but uh, get that message. And thankfully, a lot of the organizations that they look to for guidance, like bar associations, Mm -hmm. are saying, hey, cloud's okay. Just do your due diligence. Make sure you're doing the best that you're capable of doing insofar as protecting client data, and you're going to be okay. Yeah. Well, Joe, this has been really fun. It looks like we've reached the end of our program. And um, I'm so glad I ran into you here in Vancouver because we don't get to see each other unless we're at these special um, conferences and stuff. So I just want to make sure that you let everybody know how they can find, friend, or follow you on the Internet. And, of course, tell everyone one more time about your podcast on New Solo. So read above the law. Subscribe to Thinking Like a Lawyer, which is the Legal Talk Network podcast. I'm at Joseph Patrice is my Twitter and that's probably the most important way to, to follow me unless you want to stalk me. <laughs> You're quite stalkable. Yeah. And Patrice is spelled P-A- P-A-T-R-I-C-E. So it's Joe Pat Rice is uh, how I say my name. Though my Twitter is Joseph. Got it. No weird spelling. Just no, Joseph. Jo- no weird be. spelling, Joseph. Well, thanks so much, Joe. I totally appreciate your time. Of course, if you like what you've heard today, please rate us on Apple Podcasts. We'll see you next time for another episode of New Solo on Legal Legal Talk Network. And don't forget, you're never alone. You're just New Solo. Thanks for listening to New Solo with host Adriana Linares. Tune in again to learn more about how to successfully run your new practice solo here on Legal Talk Network. 
The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Som. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.